My story begins not too long ago. I decided to use my computer skills to run a small darknet forum mainly just to share information without censorship. At first I was extremely paranoid about my site being hacked and having privacy being compromised, so I went online and began to research everything that I would need to ensure my own safety. After countless days of searching blogs, forums, and other material, I decided I was ready now. I didn't have any money so I couldn't just buy a VPS and host site. So I decided to use my old laptop. After all, I wasn't planning on running a major website. So after setting the server up, and what I thought was literally every single thing I could do to harden it against an attack, I put the site online. Everything went great for a couple of months. Donations rolled in as the user base grew larger and larger. After around five months, the user base had gotten so big, I had to upgrade and migrate everything to a new PC, which I built just to host the forum. And from there, everything seemed perfect. The site was running smoothly, and there were no issues with the migration until one day, when I came home, I noticed the PC had frozen. I didn't think much about it. Maybe just a software bug caused it, so I rebooted it and that's when it was clear to me that something was wrong with the PC. The PC lit up, and it beeped a few times, then shut off. So I thought to myself, okay, it's a hardware issue. After a few hours trying to diagnose the issue, I figured it out, and it turned out that the RAM had been corrupted. I took it back to the store since it was still under warranty. The customer service rep just told me it might have just been a faulty stick. So when I got home, I replaced the stick of RAM and had the site back up running within a few hours. Everything seemed to be perfect again. I apologized to the users for the downtime, and everyone seemed to be happy. Fast forward a few months. The forum's been up and running for around a year, well, maybe a year and a half. Now this is when everything started to get really weird. I finished work on a Friday. It was a gorgeous day in the middle of the summer. I came home and got something to eat. And I sat down in front of my PC and I noticed I had a message. Upon opening the message, I realized somewhere I messed up. I don't really know why anybody would actually target me. The message had my details from my name, address, bank details, passwords, private emails, private messages, everything nearly from every single device I owned. I freaked out and I immediately took the PC offline, turned my internet off, but little did I know, this guy had done his research after a couple of hours pacing my room, I received a text message. I know everything about you. The message was sent via some type of SMS service, so there was no way to trace it. And then my phone rang. Don't talk, just listen. I know everything there is to know about you, and all I want is two Bitcoin, or things will get worse. I'll send you a text with the wallet details. The phone call ended just as quickly as it started. I opened my laptop up, checked my Bitcoin wallet, and there was enough left over from the donations just to pay this guy off, and hoped that would be the end of it. So I entered the guy's details and set the payment. Then my phone rang again. Thank you for complying. Unfortunately, someone I know really likes you. He hung up. Panicking, I tried calling the number back. An automated message began to play. 
The number you have dialed has not been recognized. A few hours pass, and I begin to think to myself, well, maybe the last call was just having fun and decided after a long day, I'd just go to bed. Sometime around 2 a.m., I was woken up by the sound of banging at my front door. I jumped out of bed and I turned on all of my lights, grabbing a knife from the kitchen. I walked slowly toward the window and looked out. I could see someone standing by a car. When they spotted me, they got in and they drove off. I rushed to the door in hopes I might be able to get the license plate, but by the time I opened it, they'd already turned the corner. As I turned, I noticed an envelope on the floor. I picked it up, went back inside and locked the door. I closed the curtains and sat in the kitchen. I placed the envelope on the counter, stared at it for around half an hour, trying to muster up the courage to open it. Did these guys really come to my home? I thought to myself. After that 30 minutes was up, I decided enough was enough. I opened up the envelope and pictures fell out onto the counter. They were of me sleeping. These guys had not only been outside my house, they'd been inside while I was sleeping. The images had been edited. Strange love hearts had been added next to me. So now I was sufficiently freaked out. I didn't go back to sleep. And when the sun broke darkness, I decided to head to the police station and tell them everything. I hadn't broken any laws, so I hoped they would just help me. At least after hours of explaining everything to them, they told me there was nothing they could do. At this point, I had never felt so alone in the world and helpless. I was scared of what this guy was planning. I didn't have the foggiest idea of what I was supposed to do or expect, so I decided to wipe everything off my laptop, off my PC, and my phone. I picked up everything that I needed, stuffed it all into a bag, and decided to leave. I had a couple of friends that I knew I could rely on, so I called up my buddy Marcus, and we met, had a few beers, and I explained everything to him. He offered me a place to stay, and I hoped that would be the end of it. I was definitely wrong. A few days later, it happened again. There was a knock at the door, first thing in the morning. Marcus and I both went out to find another envelope on the floor. Same thing, pictures of me sleeping, but these were in Marcus's house. I started freaking out again and Marcus just said, Okay, we need to do something, maybe set a trap or something. So we went over numerous ideas. Everything you could think of from cameras to baiting him. And we settled on the idea of staying up during the night and locking him in the room. We filled the bed up with pillows, set up cameras, and even barred the windows in the room. We hid in the room next to the door. After a few hours had passed, we heard the lock rattling on the front door, and we knew it was game time. We'd left the door just slightly ajar so we could see outside. As he went past, and the moment he went into the room, we both sprung to action as quickly as possible. We closed the door and locked it from the outside using a chair and metal bar. There was only one way he was getting out. He'd have to destroy the door. We could see the silhouette of him as he paced the room, quietly. It was creepy. We called the police as we kept an eye on him. At last I thought I can finish this and move on with my life. Just as the police arrived, we noticed this guy take a gun out, place it to his head, then he held up a sign which read, I love you. 
and he pulled the trigger. The police barged in, guns drawn, and told us both to get on the floor. We complied and shouted out that he's in there, pointing at the door. The police removed the makeshift lock and entered the room, called for an ambulance, and put me and Marcus in the back of the police car. I sat in the interview room for a good couple of hours. I guess while they carried out the investigation, when the detective came in and sat down in front of me, opening a folder, placing pictures on the table. Do you know her? Her? I said looking at the pictures, and I told him no. He looked at me and said, This is the person who's been stalking you. And he then began to tell me that they visited her room and found a shrine with photos of me all over the place, from restaurants to the gym and even shopping. He went on to tell me that she'd been the one that sent the messages, made the phone calls, etc. They also found a diary which had some kind of future plans for me in her. She wanted me to be her husband, and we'd been chatting for around a year and a half. After I explained everything, the detective said I was lucky to be alive. She had actually planned to drug me and kidnap me. She had even had some makeshift lock bed so I wouldn't be able to escape. To this day, I feel lucky and I haven't been on a dark web ever since. This happened 15 years ago. I was a 23-year-old woman at the time and enjoyed playing online games. I found a website with cool-looking games, and I'd try a few. This was just a bit before I discovered Facebook. I should warn that some of the sites were, well, rather buggy, and safety options weren't always available. To go on any that was unfamiliar carried risk of viruses and malware. One day I was bored, so I decided to find a game site. I typed in the search bar, cool not boring games, or shooting games. Among a selection I saw the words, games of death. I had and have morbid mindset, so I clicked the words. For about a minute, my screen was blank. I couldn't see anything. Suddenly the screen lit up with the words, Hi there, wanna see someone die? Click submit button to continue. The words were red and dripped like blood. I almost laughed at how silly the site looked. I just stared at the screen for a moment when I noticed that the submit button was starting to blink. The words changed becoming, Oh, what's wrong? Scared? Don't be. It's just a game. Don't be shy. Click the button now, please. With a sigh, I clicked the button. What I saw looked like a bad cartoon, three characters crudely drawn. Two were men, the other a woman. The men were drawn like cartoon bank robbers, with bandit masks and striped black and white shirts. The woman was sitting in a chair and animated to look scared, like exaggerated, over-the-top, shaking, trembling, and whimpering scared. The man to her left looked over, and I swear he was looking at me. Smiling, he asked, You want to see her die? His voice was like the disguised voice of a witness. Two button options appeared on the screen, yes or no. I hesitated, wondering what the hell was going on. 
The man spoke again, a bit annoyed. Look, you click the link. I know you want to see what happens next. Just do it already. It's only a game. So click the button. Gulping, I clicked yes. The other man put on a butcher's apron and slid into view. He was at an operating table, complete with tools. The animation that followed hunts me still. He began by using a hacksaw and I can hear the woman screaming. I saw everything. All I heard was gurgling noises. I almost laughed but began to feel uneasy. The animation was gross to say the least. The man tossed aside her head. Then the first man laughed. (laughs) Wasn't that fun? Want to see some more? I know you do. Curious, I clicked again, yes. Another animation began. This one featured two men in scuba gear, while another man was wearing a business suit. He was at the edge of a large water tank, and his hands tied behind his back. The man on the left held up a sign for me to read. It said, You want to see him die? I hesitantly clicked yes. The other grabbed the man in the suit by his ankles and began to slide him further to the middle. The suit man was screaming hysterically, trying to squirm back. Finally, the man holding his ankles gave a hard shove, throwing the victim in with a visible and audible splash. For about 30 seconds, nothing happened. Suddenly, the suit man bobbed to the surface, still screaming hysterically. I barely saw something behind him drag him back in taking him under the surface. Another minute later, the man resurfaced once again. He stopped screaming, but his arms were gone. They looked like they had been caught in a giant blender. The shoulders just a pair of shredded stumps. Then, it appeared to claim its prey, a gigantic alligator. It clamped him to his right side and hauled him down, never resurfacing. By now, I began to feel really sick. What the hell kind of cartoons were these? It was no longer fun. Now I just wanted to get away from the sight. The screen changed once more. Now the two men were no longer animated. They were real people. On the floor near them was a woman in the tattered remains of a badly shredded business suit. The voice was still disguised as one said. Wasn't that fun to watch? These two wanted to see more. And, uh, <laughs> they got to. Only they got to experience it. Want to experience it? You have one minute to comply. Don't leave the site. You'd be taking away our fun. Now, I was actually scared at this point. I realized, to my horror, the animations had been done to cover up the crime in progress. These murders had been pre-recorded and silly cartoons had been done to disguise what was actually happening. Three options appeared at this time. One said, yes, I want to experience. Another said, no, I don't want to experience. The last said, I want to meet you. I clicked no. The response was threatening. What's wrong with you? You don't want to have fun? Have an awesome experience? You saw us do what we did, and I choose. And it better be yes this time. Again, I clicked no and exited the site successfully. My heart was pounding for a moment. Bravely, I checked my history page. The site was no longer there, disappearing without a trace. 
Thankfully, I never experienced anything bad from going to that site, but never explored random sites again. I never told anyone of that experience until now. I wondered for a while, who were those two men? Were they ever caught? And who were their unfortunate victims? How many more did they kill and how many more will they? The moral of the story is, only go to websites that you know. Because you never know what you'll find if you dig deep enough. This actually happened to a friend of mine in college over 10 years ago. He was a bit of a computer nerd and frequently visited many sites. For privacy, I'll call him Adam. He was 25 at the time and shared custody of his toddler daughter with his ex-girlfriend. So lonely and bored, he searched dating sites on his laptop. He suddenly saw a flashing banner that said, Single? Would you like to meet? Click here and find your match. He naively clicked it. The banner disappeared and was replaced with another message. Congratulations, single lonely person. Are you a man or a woman? Click either the man or the woman symbol. He clicked the man button. It responded with, do you want to meet a man or a woman? He clicked the woman symbol. Finally, it asked, what's your name? Wanting to remain anonymous, Adam typed, Roger Jamison. The banner suddenly showed an animation of a person shaking their head left and right, as if ashamed or angry. The new banner under the picture read, nice try, but your name is actually Adam Martin. Don't try to fool us. Adam began to get scared and tried to exit the website. To his disbelief, everything was frozen. The mouse refused to move, and he was unable to turn off the computer. Suddenly, his picture appeared on the site. The animated person holding it like a photograph. Under the picture appeared his address on another banner. Now we have your face and address. We'll be over at your house in 20 minutes. Don't try to hide or call anyone. It's useless. She really wants to meet you. Adam screamed and threw his laptop on the floor. The screen became black. He tried his cell phone, but had found it not working. And he had no landline. He then had rushed to get a weapon, choosing a baseball bat. No sooner than he had done that, his doorbell rang. It rang once, then twice. A woman's voice suddenly said, Hello, Adam? I've come to meet you. Open the door, please. Her voice had been pleasant and not threatening. But Adam peeked out a window near the door and saw her. She was dressed in a long, dark blue dress that looked like an old prom gown. She had long, dark hair that looked like it needed to be brushed, and strangely thin, ribs visible at the sides. Her eyes had a blank stare and were bloodshot red. Mascara and eyeliner barely covered dark circles and bags under her eyes. She looked like she hadn't slept in weeks. She was wearing dark red lipstick that was smudged over her cheek. I know you're there, she said in a creepy way. He finally looked. In her left hand was a large meat cleaver, which looked like it had been used already. She began to knock on the door with the cleaver. Come on, open the door. 
you said you wanted to meet. Open up. Suddenly, a neighbor's dog began to bark loudly, getting her attention. He saw her walk away with a smirking smile. He hid under his kitchen table, finally trying the cell phone again. To his relief, it was working again. But as he began to get in contact with the police, he heard the dog next door let out a loud yelp. Then what sounded like someone chopping something. The dog had gone quiet, but the chopping sounds continued. Still talking to the dispatcher, Adam heard someone walk up to his door again, ring the doorbell once, then footsteps ran away. The dispatcher advised him to open the door and the police would arrive shortly and say a cold word to let them know. The 10 minutes it took for them to arrive felt like an hour. After the police gave a cold word, Adam opened the door and was greeted with a gruesome sight. On the path to the door lay his neighbor's dog, a German shepherd. It looked bad, barely recognizable. On his back was a message that said, Next time, I'll meet you but it spelled meat as in M-E-A-T. Unfortunately, the woman was never found, and the website couldn't be located. Adam ended up giving his neighbor a new dog. Then he moved to another place. Although, he did eventually find a girlfriend. The guilt and fear he'd felt that night weighed heavily on his mind. He told me he'd luckily been smart enough to not open the door for the woman in the prom dress. I was glad he didn't, but I sometimes wonder if anyone was unfortunate enough to open that door for the crazy prom queen with a meat cleaver. I almost don't want to know. Thank you.